Hello, this is Tim Convoy, the pastor of New Life Community Church located in Nashville, Indiana. I'd like to thank you for visiting our podcast, and I trust that God will just bless you and encourage you and speak to your heart as you listen to this message. Thank you again for joining us, and God bless you. Um, We did just come back from a mission trip, and I know when we say mission trip to Myrtle Beach, the first thing is, is all Myrtle Beach, whatever. It was a vacation. Um, The kids are going to share their testimony of what happened this past week for them. I I promise you, when we get to the other side of the um, all their sharing, you'll see that it wasn't just a vacation. Um, it was a very intense trip. It was a lot of fun, um, very tiring, and um, I think some are still recovering from lack of sleep, and uh, yeah, and that's the adults too. So, but it was a great trip, and it was an awesome trip. And you know, the thing, one of the things that we were uh, very early on, I didn't share this first service, but I was thinking, like one of the first or second second day, um, the kids, and you'll see, I have a video later. There's some pictures. You'll see kids kind of talking one on one. And all they did was share their testimony. And so many of them really didn't realize they had a testimony to even share. That it was a, it was really the beginning of really a, just a powerful, like, wow, I really do have a testimony. And so when we came back, we asked them if they would be willing to share their testimony. And, you know, testimony is not just how you got saved, but it's how God carries you through things and continues to work through you. And so... Um, I would just say that there's, they have some awesome, incredible testimonies and man, some incredible growth and, uh, some incredible challenges and, um, adults, I'll, I'll just say this right now that, um, you should probably put steel toed shoes on because some of them may challenge, um, you and, and where you're at and they may step on your toes a little bit, but don't be offended by passionate, radical faith. Um, rather grab a hold of it. And come on board. And so with that, we'll, uh, we'll let Mr. Cole O'Day start us out. Hi. Okay, so um, my name is Cole. And I've been coming to this church for about a year and a half now, or two years. And uh, I'm a musician, so music impacts me differently than most people. Um, and so since I've been coming here, um, I was just kind of listening to whatever I wanted. I didn't really pay attention to how it made me feel, how it affected me. And um, so I just want to read this verse real quick. Um, in Isaiah 43, verse 23, You have not brought me the small cattle of your burnt offerings, neither have you honored me with your sacrifices. And so that verse to me means that you can't just bring small things to God. And so music was my idol. And um, it, I was putting it above God. I was putting it above my family. Um, if I had a job, I'd be putting it above that. <laughs> um, and so it was, just, it was just my number one. And so I went to this mission trip. And um, on the first night, well, let me back up a little bit. So every every time I went to one of these praise things over the past two years, um, I just kind of put up smoke screens and I didn't want to focus on what was the real problem, which was music. And so I put up smoke screens and I said, uh, well, God, you know, I've been fighting with my sister, which doesn't actually happen. And I've been fighting with my parents, which never happens. And, um, so I, I was just kind of putting out these smoke screens and I'd, I'd focus the entire night on that. And, um, it was, it was just a wasted two years of my life. Well, anyways, so that on this, on this Monday, it was a four day or five day mission trip. So on the first night, um, God was, you know, kind of, kind of checking to see if I was ready to give up my music again. And, um, at first I was like, nope. And then so, but as the night went on, I was just like, I can't keep this up for four days. You know, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give up. And so finally I just gave in to God and Corey Joy was, neither have you honored me with your sacrifices and um i just feel like i finally gave a huge sacrifice to god and he's going to honor that and that was a sweet smelling sacrifice to the lord and so that was awesome um and so so i burnt the shirt and i went up to my 
barracks storm thing, wherever it is, where all the guys were bunking. And I took out my phone and I asked God for every song. I was like, God, do you want me to have this song or not? And I deleted it if I hesitated at all. So I still had probably about 150 songs in there. Uh, most were secular. And um, so then the next night, and here we are at Tuesday night, um, I felt God calling me to give up all of my secular music because, you know, if I can play on part of Satan's playground, why can't I play on all of it? And so, um, uh, and so, <laughs> um, and so I, I went back to my room, dorm, barracks, and I, uh, I deleted every secular song that was not praising Jesus. And, you know, there is secular music out there that's, um, uh, that's okay, but, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not ready for that. And so, um, I got rid of it all and I had about 20 songs for the ride back down. I just listened to them over and over again, but they're, they're good songs. And, uh, and so, um, I want to read this other verse to you. Isaiah 43, verse 25. I, even I am he that blots out your transgressions for my own sake and will not remember your sins. And so right there it says that God blots out our our sins for his own sake. It gives him joy to do that. And he wants to forgive us. And so that right there was just awesome to me. And um, so, um, yeah, that was awesome. And what else? Worship. Oh, yes, on Wednesday night. Thank you, Madison. Uh, on so Monday night, deleted deleted my music. Tuesday night, deleted all my music. Uh, Wednesday night, I was leading or morning, I guess I was leading a worship uh, session. And so for the first time, I've led worship before, uh, but it's all been really, really half-hearted, and I've had to put up these walls, like, oh God, you can't see my music, you know. Uh, oh yeah, I fought with my sister like three weeks ago. Let's go over here. Don't look over there, please. And so that's that's what I was doing. And so um, over all the past praise sessions that I played, so finally I actually praised for the first time, I guess. I guess that was probably the first time in my life I've ever praised. And so we're on the third song, and we're almost done. And I just start, like, crying. And it's bad because I'm up at the mic, and I sound like a, a dying whale. And... <laughs> You know, there's tears and there's snot, and I'm up on the microphone, and I felt so bad for whoever was after me because there's had my tear and snot particles on the microphone, <laughs> and um, so I felt bad about that, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Anyway, so I'm I'm crying, and I'm like in the middle of a song, I'm like, well, this isn't good. So I was just, um, and I start like, I guess I start screaming when I start crying. So I started doing that too while I was at the microphone, and I thought it sounded okay, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, so that was the first time I actually praised and worshipped God. And so that was just awesome, and that's how he moved in my life this week. So, yeah. I want to I wanna, I wanna share something just real quick on that. You know, some of the stuff what they're saying, I want you to understand that it's from their heart. And, you know, I've seen Cole do a lot of worship sessions where it really was performance and and this was the first time that he worshiped with his heart you know you can teach skill and and you can you can teach performance but you can't always teach heart and and so i remember he did he came off he was like oh my gosh that was terrible and all, all i could say to him was like no listen honest you you worshiped with your heart and that was pleasing to god it wasn't about skill it wasn't about if you know and he he it was it was and he it was such a um, for me to watch him, uh, such a release to not feel like he had to perform and hit everything perfectly, but that he was more able to just absolutely worship. And because he worshiped as a worship leader, he took the rest of us with him. Nice. And, and honestly, he was singing the wrong words. <clears throat> he was, he was, he. But. But it didn't matter. We turned the words off, and we let him lead, and everybody followed him. And it was, it was a great night. Amen. Amen. All right. I don't know if they had me there. I'm not one of the teens, and I did not go on the trip. I'm Batman. No. All right. While I was sitting there, I could feel what they're dealing with right now. All right. In the first service, when I preach... You lay it out there. I mean, you just put it out there. And then you had the second service, and you're like, okay, am I going to be able to remember everything? You know. And then I said, 
I have to get to where I say, you know what, Lord, you speak through me again. And I just feel like God wanted me to come up and to tell the teens, listen, you don't have to worry about having all the same words as your first. You just let the Spirit of God work through you, speak through you, be at ease. You folks out there, you love on them. You rejoice when they rejoice. Don't be afraid to give it up and clap for them at times. But let me tell you something. I, I just want to pray for them right now. Father, I ask the Holy Spirit to just rest upon these teens again, these young people. You've worked in their lives mightily this week. you worked in their lives mightily this morning. And remind them, Father, that it is You that works in them both to will and to do of Your good pleasure. So Lord God, let them rest in You right now. Let them not worry about their thoughts. Let them not worry about uh, sharing exactly the same way. It's not about that. It's about You speaking through them. So Lord, give them rest right now. Let them just give it to Jesus. And may Your Spirit speak through them. May Your Spirit say what You want to say through them. Thank You so much already for Cole and just using him, Lord, and just using this group right now to minister to us. Bless and anoint them, we all ask, for their blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Give it up, kids. Alright, I just want to say real quick um, that... Pastor Tim, I was actually sitting there praying about that. That's awesome. And that's just kind of the stuff that God's been doing in my life personally uh, for the last week. Like, I I remember one night we were in worship, and I was just sitting there praying. I'm, I'd been running barefoot all week. I was walking around. I had blisters. I mean, it was bad. And I was sitting there praying, and uh, I, was I was playing music. Yeah, I had my guitar sitting there. I was praying. I was playing music, and uh, Corey Remiser came up and was like, I just feel like, People need prayed over for healing right now. I was like, oh my gosh, I've been praying about this, and I really need healing for my feet and for my knees and my ankles, you know. Thank you, Jesus, that you sent Corey up to pray, and I was, he came up and he prayed for me, and, and that pain just went away, and I just fell on my face. I, it was so awesome. So, uh, all right. Um, before this trip, I'd never really experienced the direct Word of God into me, and it was so empowering to feel that over this trip. Like, I can't even explain it. It was it was so awesome. Like, I remember one night um, we had worship, and uh, I met this woman named Miss Christine to us, and her husband Terry. Uh, they were so awesome. They're on fire. They're from uh, Georgia. Anyway, it's not important. Anyway, <laughs> they were just praying one night, and uh, they came up to me and like just praying over me because they I I knew I was praying the entire week. Every time I come off of camp, I'm, I'm always on that high. I'm like, Jesus, yes, thank you. And I come home, and I'm like, where to go? I, I always lose it. And I, I was just praying over that, and I was like, God, I don't want to lose it this time. And so they come to me, and they're like, you, you know what we think you need? You need to be real. You need to be real, and you need to, like, just experience God in your everyday life. And Miss um, Christine, had, or uh, Terry had come up and prayed over me first. And he's just speaking words in my life. And I was like, that's so awesome. And then later I was just sitting there worshiping. And uh, Miss Christine actually had something to go directly with Terry. And they hadn't talked. They hadn't done anything. It was just directly from God. And it just spoke to me so much. It was amazing. And I honestly feel like God just still moving in my life. I mean, this might be the second day we're back. But uh, just being up here and just being able to spread it with you guys, it's awesome. And uh, people I encountered... Um, are there might of them some of them might be sketchy, but you know. Anyway, uh I'll let Jasmine get into that after. <laughs> anyway, um yeah, we were talking with these teenage guys and some of them had been graduated, some of them were like eighteen going into senior year. And uh I was with my leader and we were just talking to them and it seemed like they said that they knew Jesus and they said that they'd been saved. And I could tell they were they were still missing something. And so that night, um, we were just talking to them, and they were on the beach, and we have this survey thing that we do, and one of the things that we ask is, have you ever looked at a woman lustfully? And if so, you've committed adultery in the eyes of Jesus, and it says in Matthew that it is so. And so we were asking them, like, have you ever done this? And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, we're guys on the beach, and, and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, won't go there. Uh, they were just like, yeah, we've done this so much. And it kind of just hit them really hard. They're like, wow, 
I've committed adultery in the eyes of Jesus. And uh, we were just praying over them, and they actually rededicated their life to God, and um, it was really great. Um, and uh, another thing to go with Miss Christine, I mean, she's awesome. Uh, one night we were having worship, and she was just praying over everybody. She always does that. She's, she's an amazing woman. And uh, she was praying for prayer languages. And I'd never experienced that from God. I never really planned to. I never had that in my mind that that was one of the things I needed. And um, so I kind of stayed back. I was praying for everybody. You know, I, I, I love praying over people. And so, especially my youth. Um, anyway, so I was just kind of standing back. And somehow I got pushed in right into the center. And I was sitting there praying. And then everybody started praying for me. And I felt it. I was like, oh, my gosh. This is awesome, and so I uh, I actually experienced my prayer language this week, and uh, yeah, so just praise Jesus for that. I I was telling first service, I had no idea what I was saying. I didn't know if it was right. I didn't know if it was even making sense, but I was like, God, thank you. That's awesome. I, I you know I got into prayer, and I was just I was just speaking life into people, and I met this one guy. He's 17 years old. He's from Canada, and he was down here all alone um, with a group. <laughs> yeah, his name is Josh. Anyway, he he's so on fire. He uh he had just gotten uh, saved like a month or two before he came on this trip. And uh one night or all the time, he's just down on his knees praying. He's in worship. He's an amazing guy. And I walked over to him and I just could feel that God was calling me. He, there was something just holding him back. There's just something I did, never ever did figure out what it was that was holding him back, but I just started praying over him, and, and uh, I had two other guys with me, and we just started speaking life into him, and, and it was amazing, and I, I can't even explain how it felt to you guys, but the feeling that I had that was like, Jesus wants to use me, me personally, to speak life into people is amazing, and it's just awesome, and, and I was speaking over him, and he just came up and was like, were you praying over me right now? Because he, he was like so in deep. And he was like, were you, were you praying over me? And he just was like, thank you. Thank you for actually using what God's giving you right now. And that to me was like, wow, that's awesome. That, that's just awesome. And that's really one word that I could use to describe this whole trip was awesome. As much as cliche as that seems. But um, there's there's really no other words to describe it. And I just want to speak encouragement to you guys that, yeah, it was an evangelism trip, but you can do that here too. Like, you can go out and speak to people, and we encountered some people, like I said, that were, they said they were Christians, and sometimes that's really difficult to speak to Christians. It may not seem like that, but once you start talking to them, they're like nodding their head. They're like, yeah, I get it. I'm saved. I don't need Jesus. And then you kind of disconnect, and you're like, you know Jesus is your Savior. You should be pumped about this. I, I should be speaking encouragement. I should be, I should be getting everything that you know, just rejuvenating it and, and helping you and praying over you. And sometimes it's just, it's not like that. And uh, so I just want to encourage you guys, just if you do come across a Christian or if they're not a Christian, just speak words of wisdom, speak into the life, and uh, who knows? Could be Jesus using you. He always is, and he's always sending us out. So there you go. Hi. Okay, so on this trip that we went to Myrtle Beach, and I was really stoked because we were going to Myrtle Beach, and um, when we got down there, it was just it was nice to see everybody and just hanging out and you know just doing whatever. But then, um, uh, during uh the first night of worship, uh, Miss uh Terry came up to me and he uh was praying, and he said that there's expectations that I'm living up to, expectations with my family, my youth leader, and my uh, football coach, of all things. And he, I've never had a conversation with him, and he knew that I played football, so I was, it was kind of weird. But he said that I just need to, you know, live for God and not live for anybody else. And I was pretty excited about that because that's really what I needed to hear. And um, so... And during the trip that we had the survey thing, and it was it was good, but then Corey Joy, he came at it, at it at a different perspective, and he said that 
people in third world countries don't know Jesus' name. And then we ask people in America, and they didn't even know Jesus' name. And and so that's kind of like a issue to me because there's people around me that don't know about Jesus. And he's just a great person and guy, and, he, and he's really fun to hang out with. <laughs> and, yeah, so... That was that's when it became like the trip was not like a pleasure trip, but that's when it became an actual mission to tell people about Jesus. All right. So I actually wasn't going to go on this trip like at all. And it was actually a few days before we left. Everybody was already packed and had everything. I was like, I want to go. And everything just fell into place. And it was the best decision that I had made. I went on this trip and I was kind of just expecting it to be a trip of helping people learn more about Jesus. Instead, I also got out of this trip, me learning more about Jesus. I experienced him in a way that I've never before. I have grown up in the church, and I've gone years, and I felt like I've never really heard God's voice before. And one night, we were in the middle of worship, and I just, I got this vision, and I knew that it was God. It was not me. And it was the most happiest time I think I've had. I felt at peace. And then another night we were talking and Miss Christine came and prayed over me and she just said that she felt like I was in bondage. She says, I see an image of you with handcuffs on your arms and you're holding the key. She says that you, you keep reminding yourself of the sin that you have done and it is already gone and he, you don't need to think about that anymore. And it just seemed like after all that, like I felt like I was getting poured into so much. And that was the thing about this mission trip, this camp that I just love so much and then all the other camps that I've been to because it wasn't me just getting filled up and me getting filled up and me getting filled up and staying on that high and then going home and maybe crashing later. It was me getting filled up and pouring out into other people so that they could get filled up and then also pour out to other people. It was, it was just something that I've never really experienced before, and it's something that I am so happy about because I'm about ready to go on a new journey. And I've always had this thought of, well, what if I get sucked in more into the world and not so much getting about God? And this trip has really helped me know that I can do this. I can go out, and I can still love God, and I can preach to people about God, and I don't have to be scared or worried anymore. And that that just makes me happy. <laughs> I just want to add on top of that real quick that um, I knew she was going to go and I would not take her name off the list all the way through. And everybody else was check, check, check. And I kept coming, Brooke, she's going. She's going to go. And her mom and I were talking back and forth. And I said, I'm just leaving her name on her. I'm believing she's going to go. I believe she's supposed to go. And uh, sure enough, she, her mom was like, she can go. And I was like, I knew she could. <laughs> so I don't know who's next. Hey guys, so I'm Jasmine, they said, um, this mission trip, let me just talk about it. Um, at the beginning, we always have this camp that we go to, I engage, yeah, that one, there's like eight of them, um, but we always have engaged during the summer, and Corey's like, we're not having engaged, and I was like, excuse me, and he was like, yeah, you know, I think we'll just go on this mission trip, and I was like, a mission trip. That's like, what? And he was like, it's to Myrtle Beach. And I was like, oh, we'll go. <laughs> and um, that was basically my first reaction. And so I started working for the money and earning it and getting it together. And then I went on this super long car drive. That was great. And uh, we get down there the first night. And Michelle comes up to me and she starts talking to me. She's like, you know, you haven't been trusting God fully. You've been trusting him with the stuff you think he can handle, but you need to give him all of you. And I was like, 
Michelle, come on, really? Like, you do this to me all the time. And so um, I was like, all right, well, I'll do that. Um, so I just sort of like let that go. I was like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And which she always does. <laughs> but uh, so then we started like going through, like we went out and evangelized the first day on the beach. And I was like, oh, I'll talk to this person. Go away. What? I'm trying to be nice to you. Let me talk to you. So I go up to this other person. Go away. Excuse me. They didn't want me. And so I got super discouraged. I just kept trying to talk to people, and nobody wanted to talk to me. And I was so upset. I was like, you need to listen to me. I'm good. I got good stuff. I promise. But uh, so I just was like, nobody wants to listen to me. This is stupid. I'm, I'm done with this. Like, I'm never going to get anywhere. And then that night we went out, and me and Cole were partners on the, like, strip because we can't be out by ourselves because, I mean, who wouldn't want this? But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so <laughs> we were out talking to people. <laughs> and I swear to you, I prayed. I said, dear Lord Jesus, please do not let me meet somebody who's been in prison because they will stab me. And I'm not even joking you. It it's the scariest thing because you have these thoughts running through your head. You like your first thought is they maybe they might stab me. Your second thought is they're gonna stab me. Your third thought is they're gonna stab me because they're a stabist. And I literally had these thoughts running through my head. People are gonna kill me out here. I know it. And so uh, me and Cole, there was this guy, and I was like, all right, Cole, please don't like in my head. I was like, Cole, don't talk to him. Cole, just walk on by. Go, Cole. Cole stops him. And I went, okay, Lord, speak through me. And, like, I didn't know he was a prison convict yet, but um, we were just talking to him. And he was like, yeah, I was in prison for 18 years, but I got off on good behavior. I was supposed to be in there for 70. (laughs) Okay. I'll just take a few 80 feet steps backwards. (laughs) But uh, so we just continued talking to him. And. Um, he was like, yeah, I don't go, I like know Jesus and I got saved and stuff. And, um, but I don't go to church cause people judge me. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, so we just like sort of like talked to him for like a couple of whiles and, uh, we prayed for him and then we left and then we found these girls and we started talking to them and they, um, they were like, this is so crazy. We were just talking about Jesus and stuff. And like, we used to know him, but like now we don't. And I was like, well, Jesus, like, he works that stuff out. He's like, he does this for a reason. And so um, they ended up rededicating their lives, and we got finished talking to them. So that was good. And uh, so we continued throughout the week, like, going back. And um, during the day, during the beach, that just wasn't successful for me because – People want to spend time on the beach relaxing, and they don't want to hear about Jesus. But then at night, people are, like, mingling. I'm like, I can go with you. But uh, so we had really good worship sessions, too. And the whole week, everybody, like, people would just be telling me, I think you need to forgive somebody. And you have this, like, hatred in your heart for them, and you need to forgive them. And I was like, go away. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know me. You don't You don't walk my shoes. And so... Uh, <laughs> walk my shoes <laughs> but uh so I was just dealing with that this whole week and people just they were like yeah you need to forgive somebody so um on Thursday night we were um doing worship and I was sitting down on the floor and I was praying I was like uh you want me to forgive somebody but I'm not sure I can do it but I know I have to so how do I do this like just tell me what to do to get it done with and um so I literally sat there, the song Break Every Train was playing, like they were singing it, and I was like, the Lord knows what he's doing right now, just come on, and so um, I sat down, and I just started crying, and I was like, I need to forgive this person, I know it, and then um, I hadn't said anything to anybody, but then um, Eddie, the guy who works with Josh, um, yeah, he was, he got up in the front, and he started talking, he's like, there's somebody here who needs to forgive somebody, and there needs to be restoration in that relationship and in the um, whole situation. And I was like, <gasps> and I like was like, 
couldn't breathe. I was like, you don't, you don't. And I literally just like started bawling. I was like, you don't know what you're doing, but it's really good. Just keep going. And so uh, uh, Michelle came over and we were just talking and she made me cry even more. And can I just tell you, I'm a disgusting crier. I literally look disgusting. Like I was crying and I was snotting and I was like, <laughs> and everybody could hear me and everybody, like the room is small. So like I was super loud. I was like, <laughs> and I literally, it was horrible, but it was good. <laughs> and so then Michelle left and I was, I just fell on my face cause I couldn't see anymore. I was like, Oh, what is this? And so, um, when I was talking to Michelle, you know, I forgave this person. And I just felt so much better. I was like, mm, happy day. Woo. And, but that song wasn't playing, so I couldn't sing it. But, <laughs> so I ended, I just fell on my face and I started crying and like people were laying hands on me and they were like, um, praying over me and like my whole body just started shaking. I was like, uh, what is, yeah, it happened. And, <laughs> um, so I was just laying there and crying and then I was, I just felt so much better. I was like, mm, I feel good. And so, yeah, that happened. And so then the next day, we get in this car, right? It's a 15-passenger van. There's a bunch of us girls in it. And I make my pallet on the floor of the van because I literally was so, like, emotionally drained. Like, I had a spiritual hangover. <laughs> and just picture me right now, okay? I have these sunglasses on. I mean, ooh, I look good. And <laughs> um, I have them on. And you can j- I literally, if you didn't know that, like, we were just at this retreat, you would think I was hungover. And it was just such a good time, and I got, like, filled with the Holy Spirit, and, ooh, it was good. So, yeah. A a couple of our girls um, had to leave, and they couldn't stay here. And uh, one of them, there was a couple things that they said I wanted to share with you. Um, one of them was um, she had, um, for the last six months, really, she was actually one of our um, leaders. She would lead worship and, and things like that. And um, she had really just decided that she was she was going to start stepping away, and she did. She actually stepped out of the worship team, and then she kind of wasn't coming to um, youth. And there was a lot of things going, and, and uh, but she said that when – the trip came available to go. She actually wrestled with going, but she felt like she was supposed to go. And that with that, what she walked away with it was is that, um, one, she rededicated herself and she um, she got rebaptized. And um, But that she completely, without, you know, without anything that was going on around her, she said the thing that for her personally was, it was that she knew the whole time that she was choosing to walk away and that she shouldn't but that she couldn't fight it and that this trip for her was more than just evangelism outside is that sometimes we have to evangelize to ourselves sometimes we have to speak into ourselves and say i know that i'm walking away from this and i have to choose not to and i think that was really that was a, a lot of wisdom for her to speak within herself saying i recognize what i was doing i was still walking it out but now I know on the other side that, you know, as much as we need to evangelize to other people and reach the, them with the gospel, sometimes we've got to evangelize ourselves and speak the gospel into ourselves. And, and then one of the other things that um, her sister said was um, the recognition of being a um, pursuing Jesus radically. And um, that growing up in church and growing up as a Christian her whole life, that, you know, she was just, you know, we were just good. We were okay. And that um, this, there's a lot of things that happen. I would love for her to share more things um, whenever she has a chance. But she said that one of the things she realizes is that it's it's really it's cool to be like radically pursuing Jesus. And in fact, is when you walk up to somebody and you begin to share your faith and your and share the gospel with somebody, and you see the things begin to click in them, and you see them get begin to go. Oh, you know what? I need that. I need that Jesus that you have. She said it actually makes you incredibly more radical because you're like, yeah, you do need him. And and, and, and so it was just interesting to hear her use those words. Um, you know, radically pursuing Jesus was a big deal. And so I just wanted to share those real quick because they weren't here to, to share. So. Okay. So uh, 
mine is a little bit different than others because uh, whenever it came to the mission trip, at first I was like, Myrtle Beach, I can't swim and I burn like it's my job. Should I go? Should I go? But I was like, you know, wish I should go. I should go. So I talked to my parents and they were like, yeah, okay, we'll go. Like, I'll pay half, you pay half, you know. And then two weeks before the trip, they were just like, mm, just kidding. You can't go unless you come up with the money yourself. And that made me really, really upset because I was like, I feel like I need to go. So I started working, and I actually ended up getting all the money I needed within six days. So I was like, oh, I guess I need to go. <laughs> and um, some of you may know, I recently got saved May 21st by Miss Michelle Joy. And uh, it was... <laughs> It was just, like, it was really amazing because, like, I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up kind of rough waters, like, not always completely believing. And whenever I found church, like, again on my own, it was just so amazing. So I get on this trip, and I'm like, okay, so I know that there's a reason that I got to go. And I I was like, maybe I got to talk to somebody. Maybe I got to, I don't know. But basically, the first night that I was there, I got a word, and I felt a little confused about it because it um, I have this necklace that is a piece of Bible paper, and it says worthy on it, and it's really special to me because, like, I always feel like I have a piece of the Bible around my neck, and God told me that there's somebody, I thought it was on the beach, but it's not, there's somebody out there that needs to know that they're worthy and they need my Bible. Uh, I haven't yet found that person, but I just need to be obedient and be patient about it. But I realize now that the trip wasn't about reaching out to someone else. It was about finding myself and growing more in my relationship. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then a couple hours later, I got baptized in the ocean. I got water baptized. And I don't, I don't really know. It was just so amazing to be able to, to see myself grow and to see all of the others around me grow in their relationship and to see all the little lives touched by just this little, just this, you would think, seemingly little conversation that we had. Um, it, it was just so amazing for me to be able to experience this and to be able to witness all of this going on around me. So... Alex. <laughs> okay, so apparently I am speaking. Okay, so I'm afraid that mine may not be as exciting as Jasmine's. It will not be as choreographed or as musical. Um, but that's just kind of how things are in our youth group. Jasmine is our little musician, choreographer. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to kind of be wrapping up these testimonies uh, and sharing just kind of generally about the trip. Um, I have a lot of friends. I've got a lot of Christian friends. I have a lot of non-Christian friends. And uh, I've been working towards this trip for about a month now. And it was kind of interesting because anytime I shared that we would be going to Myrtle Beach, I was actually very surprised to find that my non-Christian friends were almost more supportive of the trip than my Christian friends. Uh, because my Christian friends kind of had this attitude of, oh, sure, you're going to go evangelize on the beach. Yeah, poor you, right? That's great. It's, sure, it's a mission trip. Whereas my non-Christian friends were like, yeah, I mean, that there's people everywhere that don't know Christ. I'm one of them. Um, I'm still working on witnessing to my close friends. But there was this attitude uh, amongst my Christian friends and amongst people that I know in the church that was kind of like, you know, in the U.S., we've got it pretty good. There's not a lot of physical want. Uh, we're obviously relatively wealthy as a nation. And there's this perception that everyone in the U.S. has had the opportunity to hear the gospel and to devote their life to Christ. And everybody is aware of Christianity. You know, we know what Christmas is. We know what Easter is. And 
we honestly, and this kind of, I'm speaking for everyone in the group, we honestly got a fair amount of flack about going, spending money to go on this trip to evangelize to people who didn't need it. That was a little bit the attitude. And it struck me, this is actually something that my dad said, it struck me that as Christians, we almost tend to believe that a foreign soul, so like maybe an African soul, is worth less than an American soul. That people outside the United States need the gospel more than people inside the United States. And let me tell you, if you want to see a really broken, really spiritually hungry person, go to the streets of Myrtle Beach at one in the morning and talk to someone who might be tatted up, they might be drunk, they might smell like pot, just standing there. Go and talk to that person and tell me if they don't need the gospel. And and I did not personally speak with any felons, unlike Jasmine. <laughs> I did, however, speak to a lot of people who, um, and other kids have said that, other people have said, oh, I, I know Jesus. You know, I was baptized when I was eight, or, or I've heard this before. Um, and some people who hadn't. Uh, but these people were hungry. They were, I remember very, very vividly, actually Alex was with me, two young boys, uh, that we, uh, they were teenagers, I shouldn't say boys, they were probably my age, that we talked to on the beach. And we had this little survey thing, it's have you ever told a lie, have you ever taken something that isn't yours, and we just kind of lead them through the Ten Commandments. And I got about three minutes into it, Alex, and one of the boys just looked at me and he said, so I'm going to hell. And the hurt and the pain and the anger in his eyes just, it, it stopped me dead in my tracks. I, I couldn't believe it. Because this kid, who's grown up in the U.S., who's probably had the gospel thrown at him before, but maybe not in a very loving way, looked me in the eyes and said, I'm going to hell. What do I do about it? Imagine if we hadn't been able to reach that boy. And he didn't accept Christ at that moment. However, Alex did have the opportunity to talk to him again the next day, and uh, we're we're, we feel really good about it. We feel like this, the Holy Spirit was really moving in him. But we've got to get rid of this attitude that people in our country don't need what we have. Because let me tell you, let me tell you that it's very easy to sit and absorb all of this Holy Spirit and all of this fantastic worship. I mean, we have an amazing worship team here and over at the Annex. I mean, we just got some incredibly talented musicians. I, I personally know I experience a lot of God here. And we come here, and we fill up, and we get doused in the Holy Spirit, and we're on fire, and then we go home, and nothing. We don't share it. We, we don't talk to anyone. We just kind of keep it to ourselves. And it struck me on this mission trip how selfish we are with the gospel. Because we are so willing to come here and just bask in the glow of God and talk about his joy and his grace. But when do we ever share it? And while I was sitting here listening to the other kids talk, it occurred to me that we are very good at being sponges. We're really good at just absorbing everything that God gives us. But God calls us to be funnels. And everything that he sends our way, we sing that song, a fire fall down. Everything that comes our way, we just need to send straight into someone else. Because our calling is not to sit here and think about being really good Christians. Our calling is to take that joy and that faith that passes all understanding and take it to someone like those boys that we talk to who might know they're going to hell, but they have no idea what to do about it. They don't know. And it seems like in the church, we're really good at apologetics. We're really good. I, I love just talking about theology to people who probably won't contradict me. Um, <laughs> it's really easy. <laughs> and then you go and get in a conversation with someone, and they do contradict you. And you're like, oh, snap. <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like sitting and, and just talking with your fellow Christians about how great God is. It's like sitting in a schoolroom and getting an eight-hour lecture about swimming and never getting in the water. What is that knowledge? Sure, it, I guess it's edifying to you, and, and it may improve you as a person, but if you're not exemplifying that to other people, what is it doing to you? 
we're so, so selfish with the gospel. Um, and this mission trip was just unbelievable in the, the personal growth that people experienced. But I feel like that personal growth was really accelerated because we would have fantastic three-hour worship sessions and Cole and I would be crying. By the way, we're all ugly, ugly criers. It is not just Jasmine and Cole. <laughs> there was a lot of crying. There's a lot of laughing. There's a lot of crying on this trip. Um, we would sit and we would experience God and we'd experience the Holy Spirit. And then Josh and Eddie would be like, okay, load up. We're going to go talk to people about Jesus. And it was this idea that you're collecting all this God and all this Holy Spirit so that you can go and spread it to other people. Um, another thing that kind of occurred to me while we were sitting here um, in worship is we sing fire fall down. And it's true that God lights a spark inside of us. And God kind of strikes that match. But it's our job to take that fire and pass it on to other people. God strikes the match, but then we have to carry that match around to people. Otherwise, it burns out inside us, and it we're not doing his will. Um, actually, we were sitting outside kind of prepping for this, and I was praying for a piece of scripture to share, and Jasmine found it, but I think it was meant for me, so I stole it. Um, <laughs> and it's 2 Corinthians 3.3. 3. It says, For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in the fleshy tables of the heart. And on this mission trip, we didn't just have awesome worship sessions. We got to see God through us right in the hearts of people. And if you want to bolster your faith, I recommend trying evangelism because it's unlike any other experience you can ever have with Christ. <laughs> Cole agrees. <laughs> okay, but here I want you guys, um, Corey talked about steel toe boots. I want you guys to put those on real quick because two things. One thing, and this has kind of already been brought up, we went to Myrtle Beach to evangelize, but you don't have to evangelize on a special trip and specially designated hours. It should be a full-time job. And you shouldn't be obnoxious. You shouldn't be that one guy who's in your work office that will not shut up. <laughs> Don't be that guy. But you should always, not only should you live the joy of Christ, you should spread it whenever you get the possibility. And it's hard. We actually, yesterday we were hanging out in Nashville, and Cole's like, let's go evangelize. I was like, okay. So he walks up to someone, he's like, hey. And they're like, no. <laughs> we're like, okay. <laughs> so we went and ate instead. Um, <laughs> We, we tried twice, and he got shut down again. So then we went and ate, and we talked about the Holy Spirit. So it was good. But, um, but secondly, since we've gotten back from this trip, I, I've heard some talk about um, this maybe not being the most popular thing with certain people in the church and how um, there are some people here that would prefer for the youth to go on a more recreation-oriented trip next, next year. Uh, possibly with the aim of attracting more people. I don't, I don't know. I haven't, it's just kind of been a rumor. And if you're someone who feels that way, or someone that's going to make that decision, I challenge you, before you make that decision, to come and talk to two or three of the youth, personally. And I want you to ask them if they'd rather have a week vacation, or if they would like to go with Josh and, and Eddie, or, and whoever else will go with us, and take that fire that God puts in our hearts, and take it to someone and say, here you go, I want to give this to you. And I challenge you to, before you form opinions about the usefulness of this trip, I challenge you to come and talk to us because we saw God move in ways that we're not going to forget. Well, it's hard to follow that up. <clears throat> Can you see some passion there? Um, you know, it's good to see young people passionate um, when when they experience God. I just want to share a couple last things here as we um, roll out. I, I want to share a quick story, and um, it was a little. It's a little bit different in the fact that uh, sometimes things that seem like they're not going right, and it seems like there's a, um, you know, there's issues going on. It seems like you're kind of battling and. Uh, sometimes when you go out, uh, when they would go out onto the beach and uh, share, that it didn't seem like there was always uh, a great return. And uh, but there was a unique return that kind of came out, in that um, 
they'd gone out the day, that day and they were uh, sharing with different people. And it wasn't just always about, you know, you know, do you want to know Jesus? It was, you know, uh, can we pray with you? Can we encourage you? Um, you know, can we just talk to you? Yeah, um, and uh, <clears throat> later that evening, there was a, um, a situation where uh, my phone got a phone call from a weird, strange number. And I actually didn't, ju- I wasn't there. I just happened, I was doing something else. And um, another leader answered my phone. And I'm like, man, what is he doing with my phone? What is going on? And so, eh, which was a big deal, because, and um, I didn't understand what was going on, but so he comes running back up, and he's like, man, come to the beach with me. And I'm like, I mean, we're in the middle of service. It's like, worship's going on, and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, no, you need, you, need to, you need to come with me. And I'm like, okay. I, he's like, no, we're going to go baptize somebody. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you're going to go like that, or you're going to change? Come on, we got to go. And, and I'm like, okay, and I'm like, how did this happen? What is going on? And so here's the events that happened that day. So we're out on the beach. A couple of our kids are sharing with a family. It was a, a mom, a grandma, and three kids. And there was a young lady in that group who had recently just um, accepted Jesus as her Savior. And, um, but she um, had she'd been wanting to get water baptized. And so these two were like, hey, this is awesome. We're going to be doing water baptisms later today. You know, you know how fast they talk. It was like, you should come. You should be there. You know, we'll be there out on the beach at 7 o'clock. And um, if you haven't learned to be flexible with youth ministry, you will learn very quickly because things change all the time. And um, so I'm going somewhere with this. Madison had left her Bible out on the beach. And a local patrol had found it, who then called um, the number that was in it, words of wisdom, put a phone number in her. That's a pretty good idea called her mom or dad or something like that. They gave them my phone number. And so this um, local patrol, Nick, answers it and says, hey, I have um, a Bible that belongs to you guys along with some other things. Can you come get them? I'll meet you at the front of your building. So as he's walking down to get this stuff, there's this family standing out there. And he was like, can I help you with anything? He's like, we've been trying to figure out what building you're in so we could find you. Our daughter wants to get um, my daughter wants to get water baptized, and we heard you guys were going to be at the beach at seven. We've been down there since six thirty, and this was like seven thirty, almost eight o'clock. They had been hanging out and waiting in hopes to find us. And Nick took his phone call, goes down, and he comes back and is like, "And you know, she wants to get water baptized." So just because you lose the Bible, does not mean there is not a purpose for it. You know, God ordains things to happen, and they may seem bad; they may not seem right. Um, but they have a, a path to go to. And so it was awesome. We got to take a young lady and water baptize her and encourage her and her family. We took a video of it. We're going to send it to her and stuff like that. And uh, it was really awesome. Uh, but so just a little story, you know, that it wasn't always just about actually reaching people. Sometimes there was things that came our way. Um, I've been doing camp for many years. And we say camp. We've done conferences. We've done retreats. We've done camps. And they've always been awesome, and they, they have always been incredible. After last year's camp, I really felt instantly, like the next week, God began to say, I don't want you to do camp next year. And I wrestled with him and wrestled with him, and was like, man, how could we not do camp? I mean, you know, we have to do that. And um, I got to talking to Josh, and I said, man, Josh, I feel like, well, I feel like we're supposed to go on a mission trip this year. And I was like, I've never done a mission trip in my life. And I said, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I don't feel called to go out to the far regions. I said, I love the people and appreciate those that feel called to go to Africa and to Haiti and to all those places. Man, you got to go. When you feel the call, go. I said, I'm not that person. He's like, well, we're going to be doing this mission trip in Myrtle Beach if you want to sign up and go with us. And I'm like, and I told him, I remember saying, Myrtle Beach, man, you know how much flack we're going to get from going to Myrtle Beach? And he's like, I promise you, just, you should, you know, I was like, you know what, we're going to go and commit to it. And I, I came and talked to Tim, and I said, I feel like this is what we're supposed to do. And, and uh, he encouraged, he's like, absolutely, you know, let's do it. And, and so we've been working towards it. And um, I'll tell you the one main difference between this and camps in, in the past was at camp, you all, we always have worship, we always have ministry, and we always have teaching. Much like you get every Sunday with Pastor Tim, who does a phenomenal job of teaching. And we have awesome worship times. And we have ministry times. And so we always get this at camp. And 
This difference was is there was actually some application. As soon as we got done being taught some things and some strategies, we literally went out into the field. And I promise you, everybody was safe. There were late nights, and we were in, you know, we were Myrtle Beach at, at 1 o'clock in the morning at times and out on the beach and stuff like that. But I promise you, it was safe. And I promise you this, God was moving in some incredible ways. And I'll tell you, that's no different than every Sunday you get here. You get worship, you get ministry, you get teaching. But it's are we applying what we get? And, and, and that was the challenge. I walked away from that as saying, you know, and that's what we've been talking with the kids. Like, hey, we can do this everywhere. We, don't, we can be standing in the Walmart line. And if you feel like the Holy Spirit leads you, then strike up a conversation. What we got this week was it's really hard to start a conversation with somebody. You know, it's so hard. I mean, we have the gospel inside of us, and we are so meek and mild of like, ooh, I might get rejected. You know what? You might get rejected, but at least you planted the seed, and you at least took the first step. And that's what these teens got this week was, they, and, and, and leaders as well, that such a power to say, I'm not afraid to take the step. I might get struck down, but I'm not afraid to take the step. Uh, one other thing is I wanted to say this. In all the years I've been going to camp, we've come back, and I've seen, I've seen it, you know, we're on fire, and yeah, and, and you come back, and, you know, even the adults are like, oh, that's cute. You're on fire this week. I'll see you in a month. And uh, I would ask you this. Please, if that's you, please don't speak. Uh, speak life. There's, there's power, and, and, and there's death and life in the tongue. And I would say this. Please don't speak that the fire will die out. And what I would challenge you is to speak life that not only will it not die out, but I would challenge you to come alongside them and come with us. Come, We're, we're going to go places. We're going to go into town. Yeah, we might get struck down, but we're at least going to go downtown. You know, we're going to go to Bloomington. We're going to go to Indianapolis. We, as a, as a youth group, feel very called to say, you know what? What would the, be the purpose of this week if we didn't take it back home and, and continue to grow in it? And so... Hey, you can clap. It's okay. So my challenge to you is, is you may feel uncomfortable. You're like, man, there's no way I'm going to do that. I guarantee you, every one of them, the first day we were there, you could see the look in everybody's eyes. What are we about to do? And you get this teaching, and Josh and Eddie, you know, are teaching. And and they've been doing it for so long. They're so passionate. You're like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And then you're like, let's get on the bus. Let's go to the beach. You're like, what? Whoa, wait a minute. I mean, so I would just challenge you, don't speak death into what has been going on into the fire. Feed the fire. And you know what? Feed your own. I mean, if you're scared, that's okay. Come hang out with us. We'll all encourage each other. We'll do some worship. We'll minister. And and you know what? We'll get filled up. And then we'll go be the funnel and and release it and, and drain it back out and let God impact the world. And that's what we're called to do. You know, New Life Community Church, the word community means we're supposed to impact the community. And we have a huge community here that, that needs to know who Jesus is and how much he loves them and how much he wants to impact and change their life. So I challenge you, come hang with us. Um, go with us. Man, we'd love to have you guys on board. And um, we did put a, a, a video together. Uh, it was so hard to choose everything. There were so many videos. There were so many pictures. There was so much happening. Uh, but I just wanted to put something together real quick to just kind of summed up the week for us and uh, what it was. And we're excited. We're totally excited to partner with you guys. And um, I want to say thank you, women's ministry, elders, Pastor Tim, the church body for giving, not just giving money, not just, but giving your prayers, your time. And um, listen, we want to partner with you. We don't want to just be the youth in the building across the street. We are a church. We are a body. And uh, we want to partner with you. And so when you see the team, man, don't shy away from them. They might try to get you saved. Um, that's okay. Um, they're, they're, they're passionate about it. They, they experience, when you experience Jesus, you can't help but be passionate. And so just let that foster. Check out this video, and then Tim can close us out.
we did we did have a lot of fun, but we also did a lot of work. Um, everybody came home tired. Uh, it was it was a great trip. If you guys want to go with us next year, um, it will be awesome. And but let me say this: we didn't leave it there. We didn't go there to leave it there. We didn't go there to have these experiences for them to stay there, and that everybody else missed out on something. Honestly, I would say this is the first trip that we're coming back where our desire is really to just share some of the teachings, some of the strategies that we're given, and for you to go with us um, and increase your faith um, rather than feel like you missed out on something. That is not the case at all. And uh, you want to come and close us out? Thank you for letting us share this morning. Uh, it, uh, we didn't plan it this way, but, you know, God ordained it that way. And so um, I hope you were encouraged. Um, I hope your faith was increased. And uh, we just appreciate everything this body does for the youth ministry. Let's give it up for Corey and Michelle. Also. Standing roof. Let's all stand. Amen. At this time, our worship team is going to close with the closing song. Where, there he is. Hey, Rusty. You know, this morning, God's Spirit was working in the lives of people. We're, we're believing the same for this service. Maybe you're here today. Maybe God's just speaking to you through the testimonies. Maybe there's somebody that came to your mind as Jasmine shared about someone that she needed to forgive. Maybe that person, someone's come to your mind and say, you know, I need to let go of that person. I need to let go of this issue. This invitation is open for you. Maybe God's just saying, you know, today's the day. Let's lay it down. You, you have to make sure. You are as close to God as you choose to be. My call today is choose to be closer. Choose to lay down these issues. Maybe the issues are other areas. Maybe you haven't been saved yet. This is a great day to get saved. It's a great day to know Christ your Savior. These teens will be glad to pray for you. You come forward, whatever your need is. Healing, encouragement, whatever issue you're struggling with, fear, you just come. Let the teens pray for you. Your ministry team will be praying as well. You just come as we sing. You come.